In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from the east coast of Massachusetts on the Connecticut border near the state of New York, is the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Anne Carrigan. Well, good evening. I'm nowhere near Connecticut. What are you talking about, New York? Uh, whatever. What? What? what, what? Oh, nobody I'm knows. I'm near Plymouth, America's yeah, hometown. Knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> Did you know Plymouth was America's hometown? No, 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 no. I had that question at Trivia a couple weeks ago. Did you really? And I got it right. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> Queen of so use- useless trivia, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, we've got a pretty good show tonight, but I do want to mention one thing. Uh, yes. Last night, I went to Teresa Lally's uh, table tipping thing at the uh, Circles of Wisdom in Andover. And I heard you broke the table. <laughs> I did not break the table. Mm, okay. You didn't let me finish. Sorry. So jump right in thinking okay. all you're talking about. Like right. every other woman, try to complete the story for you. But um, eh, it's wrong. Anyways, yeah, so uh, Karen Ruck was there with me as well. And uh, there was a spirit there for me, evidently. And uh, they started spelling out the name. And they, they were saying, oh, that, that can't be right. That can't be right. And uh, I knew what it was. And then I looked at Karen, and she figured it out, too. So... Yeah, it was Poncho. Uh, yeah. Oh, Poncho the Crystal Skull. Poncho the Crystal Skull came through. All right. And Tracking the down. energy was unbelievable. Poncho broke the table. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's really weird because he came, the, uh, tapped out a message, and the message was uh, uh, basically he was looking out for me. So Good. Yeah, except at the end of the night, the table, we got the table started going up and everything else, and then it chased me in against the wall, against the wall and uh, held me against the wall, so I don't know. Well, that's a hell of a form of protection. It was interesting, very interesting, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. But, yeah, Pancho, the crystal skull, 
that came through. So that was pretty amazing. So why did he pin you against the wall if it was Pancho and he was protecting you? Do you think something else came through? Well, there was definitely something else through by that time, but mm-hmm. that's another story for another time. Okay. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Anyways, uh, long, you know, we have a great guest on the show today, and, uh, well, Jason and Grant were running around in diapers, and um, uh, Zach was still a gleam in the milkman's eye. Yeah. This man, this man was out there chasing the ghosts with the best of them. Right. And uh, he is phenomenal ghost hunter, and he is none other than Sir Richard Sennett. Richard, you there? Yes, I am. Glad to be on. Hi, Richard. Hi, I am. Nice to meet you. So, oh. you know, I mean, Richard, you have been around forever. I mean, when I started <laughs> when I started ghost hunting, right, and if you went on the Internet, there were like 24 ghost hunting groups in the country. Mm-hmm. But when you were doing it, they didn't even have Internet. Yeah, I was, I was the first person to have an actual Internet site of ghost hunting back in 1995. Whoa, I'm that old. Is that amazing? Yeah, well, I actually started ghost hunting in 1979. Wow. uh, Back in those early days, there were only 12 of us, and that includes, like, Hans Holzer, stuff like that. (laughs) And we all knew each other. We we were all communicating by letter, by phone. We didn't have Internet, of course. Mm -hmm. And... uh, it was really great that I, I actually learned a lot from some of these uh, pioneers. I'm very thankful for that. And I got a chance to work with such people as D. Scott Rogo and Dr. Thelma wow. So uh, all these really great West Coast people. And uh, it was a great learning experience. But back in those days, it wasn't popular. Today, no. uh, it's accepted. But back <laughs> then, I got it. All the insults, uh, <laughs> people made all the jokes about goats you could ever imagine. <laughs> oh, you study goats? Yeah, oh, I don't know. God. And it, it really kind of hurt my other career where I made a real living. This started out as kind of a hobby that mm-hmm. kind of grew into something. Right. But, and so uh, what, was, what was your real career? Oh, I'm a historian. Oh, huh. how Excellent. does that not fit? A historian in a ghost hunter. <laughs> well, I was the historian for the city of Ventura, and a lot of Ventura people thought it would bring a negative view of their city. So oh. I had to be kind of like a, a city booster as well as a historian, or operate a museum, or do tours and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, it was, But once they started doing ghost tours. They found them to be incredibly uh, lucrative and popular. I'm still giving ghost tours even to this day. Imagine. Years. Imagine that. Ghost so, tours yeah. being popular. <laughs> so, 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 Richard, I mean, what was it like back then? I mean, we didn't have all this, this fancy, schmancy, high-tech, made-up, pseudo-scientific gear that we have nowadays. Right. What, what, no. what, were you, what were you using back then? Well, the, the classic ones, which are still very good, the biggest piece of equipment that I started out with was a flashlight <laughs> and a camera, mm. uh, and, and we, so we had camera stuff. Now, the bad thing is, while I was using cameras, it was film, 
And right. I was getting orbs, but what I showed the people is that, oh, that's a developing error. Somebody oh. developed the film wrong. So uh -huh. I kind of like tossed them aside oh, no. until we got it to digital. And, of course, there is no development with digital. And then mm -hmm. another tool I used a lot was tape recorders. Mm -hmm. And we were so we were picking up EVP and getting ghost pictures uh, even early on. Uh, and that, that was that uh, was reel to reel. That wasn't no digital yep. stuff, right? Right. Yep, reel to reel, and then later on cassette tapes. And I managed to pick up some really good stuff. And it's still um, uh, pretty wild the stuff I managed to pick up. Uh, so it's um, I, I would take them along in haunted houses. I first started using tape recorders mainly because people, when they t would tell me their ghost stories, they would talk so rapidly. They get excited, <laughs> you know, and they get faster and faster. And I couldn't write it all down. So a reporter friend of mine said, "Oh, that's simple. Just use a little tape recorder." So I got a tape recorder. And I set it up. I was asking questions to a lady who lived in a haunted house. I'd seen something. And I was asking the questions, and she was answering as best she could. And I was transcribing the recording, because, you know, these recordings are absolutely worthless unless you type them up. Right. right. So I was out there, and Hans Holzer did this a lot, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, I was typing it up with a, with a headset on, and, you know, pausing it, typing a line, pausing it. And I got to one question, do you know the name of the ghost? And there's this long pause, and I typed that in, and then I got a third voice. But there was <laughs> only two of us there. And oh, wow. Said, with that harsh whisper quality that you find in EVP, it says, Christopher. I go, what, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a real dilemma. I go, what am I getting here? Right. I had to try to try to figure it out and go, was it a radio broadcast I was picking up? Was it, I was using old tape? Was it uh, bleed through from a previous tape? Then I had to discount all of that because how come it answered my question? Right. At yeah. that moment. At right. that very moment, that, yep. that, that tenth of a second there, how come it gave me a name? Mm -hmm. uh, then I started deliberately looking for EVP, and I started to pick up some really good stuff. Uh, in fact, I would dare say maybe going back to tape is a good thing. Uh, maybe leave digital behind. Now mm -hmm. I use both. I use right. both digital and tape, and I use both of them at the same time. So that if there's nothing there, one picks it up and the other doesn't, I can discount it. But recently we had, I got some EVP at an old hotel uh, near where I live in uh, California. It's a 100-year-old three-story inn in a little town called Santa Paula, kind of a rural town. And we were examining one room. There were 12 of us in the group. We had three tape recorders uh, and uh, digital recorders, too, and we were asking questions and waiting responses, <coughs> 10 to 12 seconds between questions, and we heard nothing, absolutely nothing. Then we played them back and listened very carefully, and at one question, all of us, 
all the recorders, everything got the same response, which was a, a dog barking and oh. a whimpering. Wow. Now, what the team didn't know, because half of the job of ghost hunting is research. In right. that room on the third floor of this old hotel was once used by the silent movie star Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> who was a dog, of course. And um, uh, obviously he was. they made a film nearby at, at a sheep ranch, and um, uh, that room was used for Rin Tin Tin. But what are the odds of us getting a dog in a room where a dog had actually been? Uh, and uh, it's kind of interesting because we had a psychic along who, by the way, had nothing to do with the team who came in before the team was there, mm -hmm. and um, she went into that room and said, I feel a dog. There's a ah. dog in this room. And I never told the team about her findings. So actually, frankly, I didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she's getting a dog, right? And um, it's uh, pretty interesting. And then the fact that the tape recorders and recording devices were owned by different people Right. They couldn't have coordinated any kind of a fraud. Right. And uh, it was, uh, to my bet, some of the most interesting things I've gotten lately on that's, tape recorders. That's great. To get that affirmation with mm -hmm. the psychic and, and the EVP, that, I love it when that happens. It's just, it's perfect, you know? Well, one of the big tools I first used was psychics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nowadays, all these very um, uh, uh, mechanical people, the electronic people, they don't mm -hmm. even use psychics. But I found that using both the electronic tools, you know, the e-meters and the K2s and all that, with a psychic enhances your ability to get psychic uh, phenomena. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when I mm -hmm. first started doing this, I didn't even believe in psychics and everything else, but just because I didn't believe in it, I at least would check out to see if there was any validity in them, and I found out there was. And uh, I started working with the trans medium, and I always considered her as another tool in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. Right. That's exactly right. In fact, I met my wife, who is a psychic, uh, doing uh -huh. this kind of work. Uh -huh. I found that she was able to just pick things up, names and stuff. And I do the historic research. I know she didn't have a chance to research because I didn't even tell her where we were going. <laughs> and uh, I'm very geeky that way. I, I, I don't even trust my own wife <laughs> unless I can confirm it. I'm like Reagan, trust but verify. You know? <laughs> and uh, she would come up with stuff after inviting her to more and more ghost hunts. And uh, two years of spending the night in old damp uh, haunted houses of mansions and such, uh, we got married. Uh, oh, wow. And now we have three children and four grandchildren. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, so it's been, in fact, we have one of my granddaughters is having her birthday today. She's four. Oh. So it's, it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and anyway, we've had a great life, a great experience, and she has done stuff that will make my hair curl. <laughs> and, and I ask her, how did you do that? How did you know that? And she says, I don't know. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have a we have a question from the chat room, um, and Amy would like to know what was it like to work with Hans. Oh, fantastic! He is, but you got to remember he was also very German, which meant there were two ways to do things: his way and the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned a great deal from that man, and I can't say enough good about him. In fact, his books were the first ones I read when I started this ghost hunting uh, back in 1978, uh, uh, 1979. So he kind of led the way in a lot of ways. In fact, all of us in the ghost business owe him a great debt of gratitude because right. he's the one that made ghost hunting popular. And, of course, when I first met him, he, he looked at me and he said, you call yourself a ghost hunter? Oh. I said, uh, yes, sir. I said, well, you can't. I said, what do you mean? It says, I copyrighted that name. No. <laughs> Did he really? But you shouldn't ever argue a point like that with a historian. He was a psychologist. I'm a historian. Uh, oh, really? You mean you copyrighted uh, 1720 when Reverend Doge called himself a ghost hunter in, in uh, Somerset, England? <laughs> and he smiled and laughed, and that kind of broke the ice. Oh, and, my God. Uh, Bazinga. Uh, there you go. Yeah. 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 You, know, the, you know, people like uh, Hans Holler and, and Price, I mean, they laid the groundwork for a lot of the stuff we do today. That's very true. Uh, same with uh, Harry Price. He was a little bit of a glory hound, though. Yeah, well, you know, that, that like I said, it laid the groundwork for a lot of what we do today. Uh, there's a lot of people who came before, uh, you know, Price and, yeah. and Hans, and that was uh, people like um, uh, over in England, Herward Carrington, for instance, the parapsychologist, or uh, the guy who created Sherlock Holmes, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Was mm-hmm. an early psychic researcher. And, well, he's a so, spiritualist too, as well. Oh yeah, he got kind of went over overboard on it, and kind of just embraced that side of. But he did uh, his book on the edge of the unknown, which I'd say is flawed because of his spiritualism and his feud with Harry Houdini. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of things in that book that are really worthy of study. And uh, I think every ghost hunter should read Edge of the Unknown. You know, forget the first chapter, but go into it and see his methodology for investigating reports of haunted sites, of poltergeists, of things like that. They're actually pretty good. He doesn't do really a bad job. Um, mm. So there's a lot of people out there who've been studying ghosts, you know, dating back to the, what, 13th century. Uh, plus, I'm a historian. That's the first thing I did where I got involved in this, is go back to the very beginnings of psychic research. Uh, yeah, and actually, in my book, I did a book called Ghost of the Day, which is 365 ghost stories around the world. And in one of the cases, it goes all the way back to the ancient Greeks in ghost hunting. So, yeah, it's been around forever, really, when you think about it. Yeah, and that's one of the interesting things as archaeologists. In fact, I am an archaeologist as well as a historian. You know a little bit of everything, aren't you, sir? Nice. Well, I love history, and the the written record only goes back so far. That's true. So that's why I got involved in archaeology. 
and plus I had a good friend and mentor who kind of introduced me to archaeology. And uh, it, I think, in fact, personally, I think that ghost hunting should not be part of the Department of Psychology. I believe it should be part of the Department of Anthropology. It's that makes study sense. of man. And yeah. I think archaeology, history, uh, is some of the best training any ghost hunter can have. And it's, it's bailed me out and helped me on a number of cases in the past. The, the, the precise nature, which is archaeology. Uh, in fact, that's kind of funny. When I first started doing ghost hunting, I had no real a template on how to do it. So I right. used the same methods as an archaeologist uh, on a dig. So I approached it like a dig, and gathering data and making reports and keeping a laboratory of findings and trying different experimentation. And I found that template works pretty good. That makes sense. I, I love archaeology, and I always – that was something I wanted to do – I don't know. Oh. I thought about doing it in high school, but never pursued it. And oh, I wish I had. Can. You still uh, can. I'm... You don't have to be a big, strong fellow wielding a pick or shovel. <laughs> uh, With a pith most... helmet. <laughs> yeah, a pith helmet. And the, most archaeologists today work in a laboratory. They're working with tiny little bits of stuff, and a lot of it's paperwork. So anyone can do archaeology, even if you're aged or even if you're... Well, I mean, Anne is kind of old, uh, Richard, so uh, <laughs> that may be not a good thing for her right now. Positively Anne, geriatric. And she's blonde, blonde yeah, as well. Right choice of words. <laughs> and she's blonde, blonde as well, so, I mean, that that's two strikes against her. Thank but I actually have a, I have a friend in, uh, by the name of Jack Hunter, and uh, he calls himself, uh, he's from the UK, and he calls himself a power anthrop anthropologist, and that's what he does. He studies uh, uh, the paranormal through anth anthropology. Well, I think that's a very good approach, and that's kind of my approach as well, because that's my training and background. Uh, you know, another thing that has helped me out immensely when I was in college, I was very poor, and so I had to work to figure out a way to pay for things. <laughs> that helps. One of the things I did as a historian, I worked for the theater department designing costumes <laughs> for plays, and uh, you know, like Shakespeare and things like that. I'd research designed the various costumes. Then when the costumer uh, retired, they asked me to be the costumer. Yeah. which uh, I did uh, because they, they said, well, I told them I can't sew. I don't know how to do that. And they said, that's okay. We'll have people sew for you. And then they, they said, we'll pay you $1,000 a show. Oh. I fell out of my chair. And I said, <laughs> okay, I'll sign up. Uh, I have to admit I earned every dang penny of that money. And, uh, but I have a really good eye and background of historic clothing and costumes. Uh -huh. That has helped me because people would see a ghost, describe what they are wearing. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, another part of archaeology, uh, old school archaeology, is you have to know how to draw. Every archaeologist has to be trained to sketch and draw. Oh, that leaves so, me out. And so I, uh, you have, or well, anybody can draw. It's just a matter of lying. It's, a, it's like a muscle. You just got to do it. And it's not my, but. 
using the costumes, I can interview people, draw a picture of what they saw, then research it and find out what date the ghost is from. Excellent. Babe, this has actually helped me in about a dozen cases to actually identify the name of me of the ghost by mm. what they're wearing. Wow. Oh. So I would say a good knowledge of historic costumes and dress is a great tool for archaeologists and a um, a ghost hunter. Makes sense. Makes sense. Kind of like uh, like the police detective. You know, you come in and draw the sketch of the suspect, you know? All right. We are coming up to the uh, break on the half hour, and I see that we have another question in the chat room here. Yes. um, Ghost Girl would like to know, what places did you investigate? Oh, that's a long list I could give you. (laughs) Uh, uh, How much time do we have? (laughs) About two minutes to the break. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you just a few places. First place, the Tower of London in Mm -hmm. Great Britain. That is the most haunted building on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And I, I got an opportunity to go investigate there. I've investigated all of the Hollywood studios, the mansion of uh, Samuel Goldwyn, mm-hmm. the, gold, the G in MGM. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've investigated all of the California missions out here in California, several of the palaces of the kings of Hawaii, I've gotten a chance to investigate them, and they're all very, very haunted. Uh, several battlefields, really? the Beauregard House down in New Orleans, which is like Disneyland for ghost hunters. <laughs> and, of course, oh, yeah, every other building there is haunted in the French Quarter. I'm sure. And, of course, a lot of stuff in Nevada uh, I've investigated. There's a, the old McKay Mansion and uh, the the St. Mary's Art uh, 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 school, which is now used to be the St. Mary's Hospital. Uh, I've investigated that place. Uh, Hollywood Cemetery, I've investigated there. I've investigated Superman, um, uh, oh, wow. Reeves' old house down at Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of Hollywood stuff because, well, my family's been in the film business since 1924. Wow. They actually went to Hollywood to make silent films, and most of my family are still involved in the movie business in one way or another, you know, special effects, set design, cost analysis, script girls, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing in front of the camera, just behind it. But uh, So a lot of my first Hollywood stories I collected around the dinner table. You know, my uncle would come <laughs> over, oh, we had this happen on Soundstage 28, and stuff well, like that. You're going to have to hold that thought because we have to take a break right now. I hear the heartbeats, or actually, I don't hear the heartbeats, but I've been told they're there. <laughs> Anyways, you are listening to the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with the Blonde Bombshell, Ian Carrigan, and New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick. And our very special guest today is the world famous ghost hunter, Richard Sennett. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokenet. Radio with a cutting edge. Get ready for Officer Radio. Every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. 
new regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest, Richard Sennett. Right here on Tojanet, soon to be on Pararex. Yeah. Very shortly. But uh, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. want to mention, talk, and Richard was talking about movie stars. Uh, I bet you didn't know, Ann, but my uh, grandfather, let's see, my grandfather, let's see, right here. Yeah, my grandfather uh, was a movie star in Poland. He was actually the, like, the Hopalong Cassidy of Poland. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. Cowboy Kolek? There you go, Cowboy Kolek. <laughs> there you go. And, Richard, wow. I, I, noticed, I noticed you mentioned uh, you, you talked about Nevada and, and some of the things there. And, and you want to go into that a little bit? Because I understand you have a, a, a trip or a tour you, you're taking there as well. Yes, I am. In fact, I've set one up for September uh, coming up. It's a five-day tour where you get on a bus and we'll go to haunted sites in northern Nevada. It'll be based in Reno, so people can go there and, of course, enjoy what's in that little town of Reno, which is the biggest little town in the world. (laughs) And we're going to be getting actual lectures from the Grand Dame of Nevada Ghosts, which is Janice Oberding, who's been on all the ghost shows. She's written about 10 books about Nevada ghosts. And okay. I've, uh, she's a friend of mine, and I begged her to come and give a special lecture. She's also going to kind of come out of retirement and do a special walking tour of the ghosts of Reno, which there are more than enough. We're going to go to Virginia City. That also is a Disneyland for ghost hunters. And anybody who can get to Virginia City should because it's chock full of accounts. I, I would say every other building's haunted. And we've got several lined up, including the St. Mary's Hospital, where a ghostly uh, nun who was a nurse haunts. Uh, and we also plan several buildings there we're going to experiment on and see the great cemetery they have. We're also going to another little town called Genoa. A good friend of mine, Sandy Lene, which I've talked to her into giving a tour for the group of haunted places in Genoa. And I've investigated that and actually had several experiences there uh, in Genoa. Uh, some are quite dramatic. And we're also going to go to the little cemetery, which wow. is beautiful boot hill there in Genoa. Uh, we're going to Carson City, the capital, where the Capitol building, the old Victorian structure, is just chock full of ghosts. So we're going to see if we can scare up something there. And we're going to tour some of the haunted neighborhoods of uh, Carson City. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to be holding a seance uh, one of the nights. Probably at the St. Mary's, because that's the most haunted place. And a lot of people want to know who the lady in white is. What is her name? Why is she haunting there? We're going to try to contact her directly. And we have 
uh, medium coming, which would be my wife, who's going mm-hmm. to uh, uh, contact whoever's there and see what we can find. Uh, I lived in Nevada in uh, Carson City for two years, and I managed to collect a number of ghost stories, including a house that was owned by Samuel Clemens' brother, uh, Orion, who was the Secretary of State for the Territory of Nevada. I never knew that. And he, um, yeah, in fact, um, uh, the family, the Clemens family, was very worried about um, uh, Samuel, who had gone off and joined the Confederate Army. He <laughs> wanted shot. He was a young man. And so they got him this uh, job with his brother and got him out of the country. And he um, uh, went AWO well from the Confederacy <laughs> and uh, uh, went west and uh, uh, on to glory up there. Uh, he was a reporter in Virginia City, and his ghost has been seen. We're going to be going to the house where it has been caught several times. And we'll talk about his early experiences. So, wow, that sounds like a really busy trip. Oh, it is. And we've got crazy, and we've got crazy. all kinds of stuff going on. And oh, by the way, interesting. Samuel Clemens, we know as Mark Twain, was actually a psychic researcher. You probably didn't know that, but he helped to found the American Society for Psychical Research back in 1888. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh-huh. He, he saw a ghost and had weird things happen to him in his life. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so he was, even though he was the greatest cynic that ever walked in the weather, <laughs> uh, he was uh, uh, also very interested in the paranormal. So it's kind of an interesting legacy. We're going to go into that, but people can find out about this tour and sign up. It's on my website, and it's on my um, uh, Facebook account. If you're on Facebook, just go to richardsenate.com, uh, and uh, it's right there. There's a link to uh, um, Jimmy Mc... Um, uh, what's her, her last name? Uh, McGovern. Jimmy McGovern. Right, Jimmy McGovern, yeah. And she uh, is a little link, and it talks all about it. You can look at the itinerary and how much it costs and all that. But this is uh, going to be a unique tour. I simply hope that we'll have enough people to make this thing fly. I'd like to do other tours of uh, California and the, the Southwest, which I'm very intimate in its history and background. But maybe ultimately I'd like to go back to my land of my uh, forefathers, which is Ireland, and mm. tour some of the haunted places there. Oh, I'd uh, love to go there. Oh. Yeah, there's so many. My, in fact, I did family history and found that I'm related to a Norman knight who get, went to Ireland in 1172. Wow. <laughs> uh, Sir Walter Sinnott. And he had a castle, or he had a town, Sinnottopolis. And uh, he was just this big guy. And unfortunately, he was a Catholic. And then Walter Cromwell came along with his... Um, uh, Protestants uh, uh, <laughs> wanted him to get the family to convert, and they, of course, said no, so they decided to kill them all instead. Oh, wow. And, That'll do it. That, that takes so they, care of that. Yeah, they took over his castle, and some Englishman lives in it now, and they burned Santopolis. Uh, they got a lot of my ancestors, but a few got away, uh, which is fortunately for me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
some of them actually came to Canada and early America about the time of the revolution, and um, we've been here ever since. Wow. Hmm. Oh, interesting. There is a whole branch of my family, uh, Upper New York State. Uh, really? If you ever see that name, S-E-N-A-T-E, that spelling, he's a relative of mine. Oh, it's okay. funny you say that because Ann and I just got, came back from uh, Upper State, New York. Yes, we did. I and, haven't run into any Senates there, though. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so if you bump into one, it's probably the, the magic word on Senate is midi bimps. In Maine, midi bimps. There's a, a, a lake called midi bimps, and three Senate brothers came down from Canada, so we're actually kind of illegal aliens, crossed the river. <laughs> And started farming next to this little itty bitty lake, and they formed a town called Mini Bimps in okay. Maine. Maybe. And uh, though you, we can honestly say we're Americans, because when the Civil War started, all joined the Union Army, and because of their service to the nation, were given citizenship. Mm-hmm. So we earned our citizenship through the Civil War, fighting nice. for the North, and. Um, uh, my people were all avid abolitionists too. I mean, you know, they were kind of rapid abolitionists. So, <laughs> oh, that's a, a shame. Of, and, <laughs> so a lot of uh, a lot of people joined the Union Army. You know, didn't care about the issues, but my family did. Uh, anyhow, um, they one of them after the Civil War came west and eventually reached California. Uh, so, uh, so we have two branches of the Senate family: one at New York, and one in California. There you go. Hey, Richard, I was going to ask you, I mean, you've been doing this for so long. I mean, is one case that you've investigated stand out more than any others that, for oh, you? Oh, yeah. Every ghost hunter has or will have one big case. I actually have two. Uh, one case is a mansion up in a little town north of me called Ojai. And a lot of movie stars and rich people live there because supposedly the water is good for your health and all that. And there's a huge, giant three-story mansion, a real pile. And uh, this man bought it and built it, and he built it on like an Indian burial ground. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that always uh, the way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, in fact, they had the Native Americans that put rocks boulders. They carried boulders down to mark the site so no one would accidentally, like, walk on it. Not mm-hmm. even walk on it. Fine. Well, this guy saw the boulders and had them all picked up and used them for a huge uh, fireplace. Oh, nice. <laughs> a walking fireplace. And he only lived there three months and his whole world fell apart. Well, the, the house went through a lot of owners, but I was asked to go up and investigate. And the people, the lady who bought it, who was thinking of turning it into a home for disturbed teenagers. Oh, my God. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that would be bad. No, it would not be a good idea. Anyway, she um, uh, stayed up there, and she would hear Indian voices chanting and, like, musical instruments uh, playing Native American music, and she saw figures. So she asked me to bring a team to investigate. And while we were there, this is a really hot summer. It got really, really, really cold. I mean, you could see your breath. And I, 
I had a psychic, and she said, I see the ghost. It's a woman. And she goes running down the hallway. It's dark now. I have a flashlight. I follow her. And finally, the psychic goes up to the ballroom, and she stops at the door to the ballroom and said, the ghost is in there. You go first. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of, like, Indiana Jones, you know, where he says, snakes, deadly vipers, Indiana, you go first. You know? <laughs> what can I do? I'm the ghost hunter. I got to go. So I'm scared to death. I go in. one of my first investigations. I go in there. Now, my flashlights go everywhere. I didn't see a dang thing, but it was ice cold. And my hair was standing up on the back of my neck. And then my uh, people followed me in, the psychic <laughs> and others. And then we saw this woman appear, and she was dressed in an old-fashioned lake of mutton dress. She was walking away from us. Then mm. she stopped. And she turned around and looked oh, wow. at us Uh-oh. and stood there for, like, almost two minutes. And the, my group were going, did you see that? Did you see that? And uh, finally, she, this is the only time I've actually seen this happen. She slowly faded away. She kind of turned into a sort of bluish color, and then mm-hmm. she slowly faded out. Now, I was down that hall looking for mirrors, projectors. <laughs> Right. Anything to account for. There's nothing there. Okay. Then I separated the team, and I had each gave each one a piece of paper as they draw a picture of what you saw. And each of them did. That's and great. of the nine drawings, eight were identical. One was wow. slightly off. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I did the research and found out that the guy who built the house, him and his wife, were, were uh, having marital problems, and he used to beat her. Her bedroom was right down that hallway. Wow. It seems that they had had a spat, uh, some kind of abuse, that she had gone and she was looking back to see if her brute of a husband was going to follow her. (laughs) That's what we caught into. Oh, by the way, the lady did not buy the mansion. She did Uh, open it as a school for disturbed kids, which I think is wise. And, um, uh, that was one of the best cases I had because I had nine witnesses besides myself. Well, all the same thing. Uh, you, the you, know, you know what? You know what, Richie? When you're telling that story, I was just all I could see was the image of the uh, librarian in Ghostbusters. Right, right. You know, everybody stops. Right. She turns around, goes like that, and then they're like, "Well, what do we do?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's all we can. All you can do is just watch. Most ghost yeah. sightings I've found. Now, maybe you found this, too, are short. This one of the longest we ever exactly. had. Exactly, yeah. Most are, you count long. them in seconds. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking five, ten seconds is a long sighting. Right. Yeah. right. And, and I think um, to to have everybody, you know, I, I just I, I just think that's the most fabulous idea is to, to stick a piece of paper in somebody's hand and say, draw it right now. Yeah. Now. Uh, don't talk about it. Cause yeah, if they talk just about do it. it. They'll pollute each other. They'll say, oh, right. did you see that? And, oh, yeah, that's how it was. No, it, I, want, yep. I want raw data. That's mm-hmm. awesome. What a, what, a, what, a, what a great method. That's well, why he's one of the best. Well, another one was on the Queen Mary, which if you're ever in California, go to Long Beach, go to the Queen Mary. It is definitely, legitimately haunted. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because in February next year, uh, we are also doing a tour with uh, Jeannie McGovern, and guess where we're going? 
Hi, Mary. Uh, it is uh, really hot. My wife did a seance there. Oh, and, boy. And we had several things come through. But then right in the middle of the seance, we get her, she began to speak Italian, which <laughs> is a language she does not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know it either, so I'm kind of trying to piece together things. Uh, finally, it devolved into kind of broken English, and she came out that she was an Italian pilot from World War II, who uh, a guy named, um, what was it, Carlos Giavetti, Lieutenant uh, Tenete, Carlos Giavetti, and he had flown an airplane. He described his actions in the North Africa fight, and how he'd been shot down by the British, whom he hated. And by the way, he was a, a, an awful fascist. He really thought Mussolini was the cat's pajamas. He <laughs> liked him. And he thought the English were all really bad people. He had a lot of filthy Italian words that he used to describe them. <laughs> and so they put him on the Queen Mary, and they sent these POWs to Australia. And because of his injuries and... Uh, poor care he received, he died on the voyage, and that's why it haunts it. Uh, what's amazing, though, is I tape recorded that session. I quickly learned that you have to tape record seances. Uh, because <laughs> nobody remembers them right otherwise. And so I taped it, and an English reporter friend of mine, Frank Durham, took the tape. I said, I can't figure this stuff out. I can't, I don't, I can't research it. He went to the Imperial War Museum. Every element that Debbie said in the seance was accurate. His name, his commanding officer, his plane, his squadron number, the wow. where he was shot down. And um, everything was came out perfectly. In fact, Frank even went to Naples and looked up the family of the man. And it became a big story in uh, Italy uh, about this, this horrible voyage and this one guy who had lost his life back in 1940 uh, mm. in the war. And I later, though it's not talked about on the Queen Mary, uh, I did some research and found out that the voyage did really happen. And while they were crossing the uh, Indian Ocean, the temperatures reached 120 degrees, and uh, lots of the POWs just dropped dead. Uh, wow. So it was the best seance where we got the best data that was confirmed, and now uh, the ghost of uh, Giovetti is mentioned in their tours that they give. Oh, wow. Now, interesting point, though. Besides being a psychic, my wife is also a pilot. Uh, (laughs) Oh, maybe that's why it came through so easily. Yeah, really? Yeah, I think that's what it was. He was really talked a great deal about his airplane which was a uh, Falco uh, CR-42 Fiat, uh, a biplane fighter, which, by the way, he loved. He thought it was really a great airplane, <laughs> <laughs> even though it was pretty much obsolete by 1940. And right. a Spitfire shot him right out of the sky, but uh, he still loved his airplane. And uh-huh. I, I have found, talking to Debbie and other people, uh, pilots have, like, this strange, weird affinity with flying. And they seem to be happier, uh, you know, 30,000 feet up than they do on the ground. Of course. <laughs> and, and so it could very well be that that might be why he 
came through Harvard. Uh, it was written up in all of these magazines and newspapers. And, uh, Debbie is very well known in Great Britain, I'm told. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's done radio shows from the UK. And we've actually done radio uh, TV shows for the uh, uh, British. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They, they're really into ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually have a, uh, another show called Ghost Chronicles International, which is uh, UK-based, and uh, my co-host is a parapsychologist. And, and uh, actually, uh, one of them was uh, Richard Felix. Do you, you remember him at all? Oh, I know him. He's a friend of mine. Say hi if you see him again or hear of him again. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's come over here and done some stuff with us, along with uh, Karen O'Keefe and David Wells and... Uh, uh, Brian Shepard, uh, the psychic goddess, is coming over this uh, summer. So, yeah. Well, I have a lot of roots. If you ever want to talk to Debbie or something, she's a pretty good interviewer. So, we had a lot of stuff happen while we were over in the UK. We investigated the Hastings Caves, uh, and we went to the Battle Abbey, where the Battle of Hastings was fought in 1066. We went to the Tower. And to Hampton Court, got to go to Hampton Court. That's where all the ghosts are seen of the royalty. And mm-hmm. I will confirm, having gone to the tower, it really lives up to its reputation. <laughs> it's, Ooh, it's really to go there. A, a, a lot of places that are touted as haunted don't mm-hmm. live up to their reputations. Right. This place does. <laughs> it's the creepiest joint you're ever going to find. Uh, Richard, well, I hate, to, I'd hate to tell you this, Richard, but we just got to about wrap things up because right. we have a, a oh. bit to play. And uh, anything you want to finish up on, uh, as far as uh, um, you know, your upcoming tour, where, where can they get information on that? Once again, and his book. Okay, we got to get Jeannie uh, uh, McGovern tours or uh, my Facebook page, which is Richard Serrett Ghost Hunter, and I'm also on Tumblr. Richard Sennett's Ghost World, if you're on the solar system, and if you're on, um, uh, uh, just, uh, I have a ghost blog out there, Richard Sennett's Ghost Blog. I'm all over the internet. Very easy to find me. Excellent. And your book? Well, Richard, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, and yeah, maybe we ought to get uh, Debbie on again. Uh, I mean, uh, Ann, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing to yes. to find out about that. Gotta so, Richard, that. I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wish you the best of luck and uh, keep on trucking. One quick thought: What do you right. think of all this? What do you think of all this fancy equipment we have nowadays? Good or no good? It's uh, well, I find it always spotty. I get the best equipment, and somehow the places where people have had things happen, I pick up nothing. Other <laughs> times, I pick up stuff. Uh, and there are places that aren't all that haunted, so it's spotty. I think trusting just the equipment is like chasing a chimera. Um, they're good, and they'll give you uh, something like um, uh, confirmation, but mm-hmm. to put all of your, your eggs in that basket, I think, is probably uh, not wise. Okay. okay. Awesome. So, Richard, thank you so much for being on the show, and... Uh, Best of luck with your tour, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll talk to you again. All right. I had a lot of fun. Too much. Thank, Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Richard. Yep. Bye now. All right. I guess it's time for another of uh, Beyond Bizarre with my uh, favorite girl, Fala Ventura.
some medical maladies from the Book of the Bazaar. George Washington's Teeth Contrary to popular myth, George Washington didn't have wooden teeth. He had four sets of dentures made from a mix of hippopotamus bone, elephant ivory, and the teeth from cows and dead people. None of them worked well, and the discomfort of his dentures is one reason he looks so sour in his portraits. Maggot Act Investigators in Tacoma, Washington were able to identify two generations of maggots on a body that had died by a gunshot wound. In doing so, they determined the approximate date of the corpse's demise, as a maggot's life cycle lasts only about three weeks. Armed with the estimated date of death, the investigators were able to trace the deceased whereabouts and eventually find the killer. Some terrifying facts from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. Dead people's teeth in his mouth. Yeah, so what's the point? Oh, my God. They sterilize them. Good That's whiskey, you know, good Kentucky whiskey would kill any germs. Gross. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? George, we got you some real good teeth here. <laughs> yeah, we just picked them ourselves. That's nasty. That's bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anyway, uh, a couple things I do want to mention. Next week on the show, we will have Mark Nesbeth, who is Mr. Gettysburg. He's written about a dozen books on Gettysburg, and uh, he will be on, and he'll be talking uh, about the haunted battlefields and all that other stuff. Uh, but he's also coming up on the 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th to do uh, some great events here in New England. He doesn't normally come up here at all, so it's going to be kind of cool. On the 23rd, we're doing a special ghost hunt at the Old Manse in Concord, uh, which, if you've never been before, the place is awesome. Awesome and, place. Go. Yeah. And uh, on the 24th, he will be doing a uh, cruise uh, with Jeremy Dodgerman and myself out of uh, Portsmouth Harbor. And then on the 25th, we will be doing Dining with the Dead at the Haunted Wyndham Restaurant. So, got a full weekend out. And then the uh, on the 30th, again, of course, the uh, Haunted Lighthouse Tours for Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse start up again. And uh, oh, 19th this month, I have uh, Circles of Wisdom. Believe it or not, Judica Isles will be coming in via Skypes to talk about uh, gemstone for protection and clearing. So, wow. busy week. Busy month, busy month. You're going to have to eat your Wheaties. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh, don't forget, too, we also have Spirit Quest coming up in July, oh, yes. which is a phenomenal three-day event. And if you get your tickets for the two- or three-day pass uh, before the end of the month, uh, you save over $80. And I think there's only like nine of those left. Uh, so there you oh, go. Hurry, hurry. Mm -hmm. So I heard the pizza. That means it's time to wrap it up. Yep, Pizza from the Dead is here. Yeah. Anything you want to mention there, uh, Annie? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I've been so busy lately. My my daughter just graduated from high school. Did got two scholarships. Very proud. Yay. Yes, got some scholarships over this past weekend. So we're very, very proud of her, my daughter Alexis. Um, and just looking forward to Spirit Quest. And uh, I've got some little investigations coming up locally, but nothing cool. nearly as popular as your investigations, Mr. Kolek. <laughs> I notice I never get invited to those. It's only like well, that, uh, that's you all know, I'm saying. It's a little saying, closer. You know. mm -hmm. 
So anyways, in case you hadn't heard, uh, table tipping last night at Circles of Wisdom, we broke the table with the energy of Poncho the Skull. Poncho came through, and uh, evidently he's looking after me, so that's cool. Somebody else has got my back. Thank God, working with Ann, I need it. No, oh, it's all those knives. All those knives I'm chucking at your back, right? Yeah, undoubtedly. <laughs> Not me. Not me, Ron. Uh-huh, got uh-huh. your back. There you go. <laughs> so but you, you know, it's a table. Yeah, I, I, I know the, the beats are playing, so it's time to hit the road. But yes. uh, I finished my second semester at Northern Essex, which is uh, was cool. It was a, was a great class, and they booked me for two more semesters in the fall, so I'm excited yeah. about that. Yeah. So right. Paranormal CSI will be off it again. Very good. So tune in next week when we will have Mark Nesbitt here and Anne, of course. I think Anne will be here. Yes, I'll be there. Okay. And you're going to be that easy. More wine and pizza. So there you go. All right. Thanks, everyone. So until next week, good night and God bless. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties. Long like a baby.